Welcome to The Growth Show. This is a part of new series where we dive into the journeys and insights of leading professionals across various industries. Today, we are super excited to have Dave Mason with us. Dave is a well-known real estate agent in Vancouver, BC. After studying sales and marketing at BCIT, he quickly made a name for himself by winning the Rookie of the Year Award. His relentless drive and dedication have earned him a spot among the top-notch real estate agents. He's been awarded the top 10% of all royally paid agents from 2013 to 2015 and top 5% the next four consecutive years. He has been a member of the Medallion Club, placing him in the top 10% of all realtors in Fraser Valley or three years in a row and in the top 2% of all real estate agents for the last two years. Dave's approach to real estate is rooted in deep commitment to client care and meticulous attention to detail, which not only garnered him numerous accolades but also a loyal client base and a thriving referral business. Beyond his professional success, Dave is a community-minded individual actively contributing to organizations like Ruben Shoes and BC Children's Hospital, showcasing his commitment to making a positive impact. In today's episode, Dave will share his valuable insights on real estate market and the importance of mentorship and the strategies that have propelled him to success. So please join me in giving a warm welcome to the man who's not just selling homes, but building communities. Dave Mason. Hey man, how are you doing? Hey, thank you so much, Dave. We are doing great here. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this with us. So, appreciate it. Let's jump right in. Could you share a little bit about yourself, how you started in real estate? Sure, yeah, absolutely. So I started in real estate in 2011 after doing school there at BCIT. I got an inside sales job and I was bartending at the same time and the job wasn't quite for me. I just felt there was like a cap on your ability to earn income and create a lifestyle that I was after. And so at that point in time, I left that job, continued to bartend and I did the Saunders School of Business Real Estate course. Took me about seven months, six months. And then I, I got my license, joined Royal LePage and, and I guess I kind of never looked back. So I've been doing it for, uh, for some time now. And it's good. It's been a good journey. The beginning was a bit of a struggle because I didn't really have a mentor. I mean, it was about myself. So it was that sink or swim mentality. Thankfully, I was able to swim. But at the first few years, it didn't feel like I was going to do that for sure. Could you share a little bit about your first client? Do you remember your first client? Yeah, I do. Funny enough, her name was Kim. She was a regular. She'd come for lunch and stuff with her, with her boyfriend and, and her associates at my bar. She'd sit there. And I know that, you know, we had a good conversation and we always talk about life and stuff like that. I had told her, hey, I'm getting my real estate license. And she goes, oh, that's awesome. She goes, I'm, I'm thinking of selling my place in a few months. So if it lines up, then that'd be great. And as soon as I got my license, like the day, you get like this email and it said, congratulations, you've passed the exam. And I knew I was going to be licensed. So I, she was my first email. Before anyone has emailed her, say, hey, Kim, just want to let you know that I got my license. I'll be practicing real estate here in the next couple of weeks. And she goes, oh, great timing. And then, like, I had my first listing within, like, a couple weeks, really. So it was interesting, to say the least. That's great. And if you look back, like, were there moments where you were like, whoa, like, 
okay, this can happen. Like, did you have those moments where it determined, okay, this okay to push forward? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think around like the second or second year mark when I started getting a little bit more traction with my clients and stuff, and it seemed like I could probably create like a lifestyle out of this. It was it was then the first few years, like I mentioned earlier, was a bit when you don't have that mentorship and you don't know what to do. There's so many variables to this business that you can do so many things, generate so much business. There's different things that work for different people. And I find when you kind of are by yourself, you don't know which one to pick. So I think the first few years was, I was kind of going through that transition. And then, you know, what stuck with me was just the client care and the attention to details when I'm handling the client in the post-transaction as well. I'm not just handing them keys and forgetting about them as people and as clients. And then I always have a deep relationship with most of my clients, you know, whether it's just talking to them every few months and keeping in touch with emails and client events, et cetera. And as I started to do that, people started to see that I really did care. And that that's when the referral business really started picking up for me. That's great. And you started adding different channels such as YouTube. So I saw the market updates that was really informative. What would be your short-term and long-term goals in real estate? I don't have any short-term, I guess what's short-term as far as like just in like my business, it is building up that following on YouTube and my social media content. But I still think everything in real estate is long-term, whether you're looking for building a business in real estate or building a portfolio or whatever avenue you decide to explore when it comes to real estate, it's a long-term goal, right? Short-term doesn't quite work in real estate. You know, people did get somewhat lucky, I guess, from purchase in 2020 to 2022, the growth that we saw in the values of properties was like no other. And I don't think we'll ever witness that again. So that said, that's when I tell my buyers and myself when I purchase a property, like, you need to be looking at this from like a long year, like a 10 year plus window to actually see some significant growth and then being able to leverage that property or buy another property. But it's always long-term for me. will be just to own a few more investment properties and being able to pass on some wealth to my children when they get older and need money for school and they want housing and they have those opportunities. That's great. And you also help your clients have that perspective of long-term so that they can build their wealth as well, right? Always, yeah. I always say look at it from a long-term, you know, prospect, like what, what's your what's your long-term goal here and how can we get you to achieve that in, in a safe manner? That's great. And what is some of the metrics that you track every day? What kind of dashboard do you look at? So for the dashboard, we use Trello. It's a free dashboard that you can use and we have everything in there. So we have like upcoming clients, potential clients, ongoing clients, closings, and we have like a standard operating procedures in there as well. So basically you would go in there and you would see how we do things. We have everything on a check mark, like from the initial meeting to the client, to the follow-up email, so on and so forth until we list our poll or with their buyer, et cetera. And, and everything that the steps from A to Z essentially. So that's my dashboard for business. And then for my personal self, I just have a routine, if that's kind of what you were asking. Mm -hmm. uh, it has been stuck with me for a while. And I usually get up around five. And then what I'll do is I'll have some coffee, kind of, I like to read a book, um, you know, 10 pages or something like that, just of, of some sort of book that's helped me move forward. And then I'll try to be in the gym around six to seven. And then I come home. Then my kids are usually getting up around 6.30 with my wife and stuff. So I'll join them for breakfast and then head off to work. That's great. Is there any you're reading currently, anything you'd like to share? The one book that I think that everyone should come to read, not reading it currently, but it's called The Slight Edge by Jeff Wilson. Awesome. And it's, a, it's an amazing book. Have you read it? Yeah. Yeah. It, yes. It's good. It's a nice little reminder that 
you know, whatever action you choose to take on a daily basis, it's either going to work for or against you, as you know, right? It's just, it puts it in a pretty cool perspective to help you break down your long-term goals into like little chunks and how are we going to get there? That's great. And it, it, it adds to the point you said you like to read 10 pages, right? In the next mm-hmm. 30 days, like you should have read like, in the next 10 days alone, you would have read like pages you know what i mean exactly the average book is probably i think you can even say they're about 300 pages let's call it that's a book a month right 12 bucks a year so so i'm not perfect i will miss you know sometimes i'll miss miss a couple days or weeks it's just you know with life and kids and they get up early and you're kind of so is your day for a little bit of a spin but the consistency is there for me and so if i'm not reading those books i'm more or less like listening to podcasts and stuff like that what kind of podcast do you listen to Really, Tom Ferry's excellent for very growth. Uh, a lot of good, a lot of good business ideas on social media content, farming, whatever you use or whatever you as a realtor choose to use as a tool. They usually have a topic on there can provide some insight that you were maybe thinking of originally. And then Lewis Howes is another one. Cool, look, great. greatness one. Yeah. You got the school of greatness, and that's probably another one. And then if I'm not looking for some like learning uh, podcasts or anything like that. I'm usually listening to Spinning Chicklets, which is a hockey podcast. It's just, I'm a hockey guy. I've been playing hockey my whole life. Just when you're not looking to learn, I guess I'm trying to have more of a luxury listen. That's great. And now stepping back to like the market and the outlook with fast changes in technology, low inventory, interest rate changes, mm-hmm. what do you see happening? What do you see other trends in the market currency? Well, right now, we're definitely, it's still obviously under when it comes to sales, the numbers are showing we're significantly under, you know, last year. And we, we all knew that was going to happen. Interesting enough that that's taking place right now. We're seeing a lot of multiple offers. And I think the reason why we're seeing multiple offers is because the good inventory it isn't right. So there's inventory and some of it's not that great and maybe overpriced or maybe too much luck right in the state of buyers. It is interesting because we are seeing those multiple offers come back. Now they're not the same as they were before. There are more, you know, via four offers, five offers, two will be really under asking. I think with buyers who are looking for deals. And then I think two are usually in late in range with market value. And those are the buyers who are now coming to the terms that the rates are going to be put on hold for a bit, not forever by the sounds of it. I mean, we've got mixed reviews on that, but right now for the time being, the late hold is in place by the sounds of it, they're not going to be doing another increase next month. And then prices are the prices. So the buyers right now are more or less looking at it like, okay, this is the price. This is what the other rates are. So we're going to go and we're going to go ahead and move forward with our decision. And I'm seeing a lot of opportunity when it comes to the market right now, as far as people are looking to move up. So if you're at a condo and you want to get into a townhouse for a townhouse to detach, the price difference in each asset category hasn't been so advantageous for buyers right now. Hasn't haven't been so small in a long time. Obviously it has been before, but in recent years, it wasn't this advantageous and making that jump up was a bit challenging for some. So if you have a townhouse or a condo and maybe you purchased it, you know, obviously before the rush of the spike in the 80s is, but like call it like 2015, 16 or before, there's a good chance you're seeing healthy equity. So if you wanted to make that move up, then I think now is the time to look at those numbers, review them, see if they make sense. And if it does, I think it's, it's a good chance to, to move it forward. Yeah. And friends, I think we'll have a slower year again in comparison to the last few years. I do think we're going to have an uptick in like activity in the spring, but I don't think we're ever going to see what we saw last previous year, but I do think we'll see an uptick in activity, but overall it'll be one of the slower years still. Okay. And knowing what you know now, 
if you had to start from scratch today, what would you do differently? I'd probably try to find a mentor if I was brand new. I'd probably join a team. Teams weren't as big when I joined in 2011. They were there, but they weren't like everyone, no, I should say everyone, but teams are very like common though. They really weren't in the day when I started. So that's the one thing I would do. I would definitely try to go on a team. And you know, the beginning, and even now, a lot of the new agents myself, you get kind of guilty of like comparing your journey. And I always tell people, my comparison's the thief of joy, right? So don't compare your chapter one, someone's chapter 10 or vice, what, or 10, 20, whatever it is. Just don't, don't do that. Stay in your lane, work to your strengths, find someone that can teach you how to work to those strengths. And I think your journey will be a lot quicker. That's great. Thank you for sharing. Comparison is a thief of joy and staying in your lane and just leave your head down. Okay. Scoreboard is there. Just do the work, right? And just do the work. Exactly. Right. Regardless of the outcome. It's tough to do because you're on social media. People are on social media. So you get caught up in that, but just focus on your journey. Take the small steps and maybe three to five daily tasks that are going to help move the needle forward. Don't worry about being busy all day. It's good to be busy all day, but just because social media says you should be grinding eight to eight, but you can't fill those hours sometimes. If you fill them with this, that's going to move the needle forward, then you will move forward. 100%. And what kind of organizations are you a part of? So I am on the board of a nonprofit called Ruben Shoes. It's a local nonprofit that works out of the Dominican Republic. We have a school there. My wife, a good friend, runs it. And so we've been part of that for a long time now. And we have a lot of students there that we sponsor through local people here. It's about $50 a month sponsoring a student. And then that will help them get their meals, their education. We have a very two schools there now that we've helped. One we rebuilt, and then we built something around out secondary school. So I'm on that right now, outside of obviously working and being a dad. That's the one thing I do. That's great. That's great. Is there anything we could do to support? Check them out and see if it's in the budget. There's opportunities there. Another big one that I'm for, if that's not for everybody and you want to be more local, I would say the children's I mean, children's hospitals close to us. So my daughter was diagnosed with type one diabetes when she was six months. So we spent plenty of time there. They've done a lot of good things for us. We're very blessed to have that in our backyard. Being in Vancouver, obviously it's been so great. So that's another one I would tell people to check out and donate to and yeah. Coming back to the question which I had already asked, so Slight Edge is a book everyone should read. Do you have any other books that comes up to your mind? The 5 a.m. Club is good as well. Very good book. Very motivating. And what's the other one? I can't remember the name of that one right now. But the 5 a.m. Club is, is a really good one for me. 5 a.m. Club, Robin Sharma? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 5 a.m. Club, Robin Sharma. That's a great book. Really good book. Later. Yeah. If you're looking for more real estate specific, the Millionaire Real Estate Agent's a good one too. That gives you a breakdown of how to properly run a real estate business. So that's that's one that was up there as well. Who are some of your biggest models or influencers you follow? The biggest influences that I follow? Yeah, models or influencers. It could be authors such as Jeff Olson, Tim Grover. Or yeah, Tim Grover is one of my, I, I like him. I like his approach and stuff. And, Great question. There's no one I really specifically follow who's a star that I like, you know, I, I take little tidbits from everyone, but I just try to surround myself with people who are more successful than I am. And I, th I don't know if you've heard this before, but typically you're, you're the sum of your top five people that you hang out. 
whether that's good or bad. The top five you spend the most of your time with is the, probably what you're going to end up being like. So I try to keep that in perspective when I'm when I'm choosing, you know, my friend circle and who I want to surround myself with and surround myself with and talk with, or surround myself with and get information from. So that, that's the one thing I can tell people: you are the sum of your top five. So choose wisely. Right. If we can dig a little deeper on that, is there all? specific place that you meet people like that or events or what would you recommend someone who's in a brand new city want to build connections do you have any yeah i would check out for people who are i mean who are the people you usually need you you obviously want like financial advisors mortgage brokers real estate people like people who can generate wealth like business people entrepreneurs right so maybe pick out a couple small businesses that that have interest to you like i'm a big a gym person, right? So I like to be healthy and active. So I would maybe look at some small gyms in my area if I was near and if I was new to the area and see which one spoke to me, talk to the owner, collaborate with them and like maybe sort of get to part of their friend network. And same with like mortgage brokers, financial advisors, like stuff that helps you move forward, move the needle forward. Can you give a little bit of tactical advice on finding mentors? Do you have yeah, I, I think it all depends on what industry you are in. But for regular help of my industry, being real estate, you, I would find the number one producer of my office, right? If I was first to start an office, you interview with some offices to find out which offers. You know, it's always about what they charge you, more what kind of resources do they offer you, what kind of training do they offer you. That's why Royal Page Wilson Cross, where a hangout license is really good, especially for newer agents, because we have a lot of them. But not only that, there's a lot of training that the brokerage provides. So once you've decided that, then you get into an office, you kind of pick out the person you want to maybe have the same sort of business as. So maybe they're big on social media and referral. They do well. They're in the office early. Like that's kind of someone who I would approach and just say, Hey, I wanted to grow my business. Don't respect what you do. How can I help? Maybe you're just doing open houses for the person for a bit, but if you can sit in the office and see how they talk to not only clients, but other realtors, prospective clients, how they follow up, these things are going to be a staple in your business. So that's what I would suggest. Whatever industry you're in, find out who the top producer or producers are. And see if one of those will allow you to piggyback on their success as far as like like not piggyback on their success but piggyback on their day-to-days to see how they implement their days and if you can replicate that you should have a pretty good chance at being just as successful as that person that's great like you'll be able to stand on their shoulders and learn from them right so that's 100 really- right and if you're gonna go back to that thing we just spoke about the top five if those are one of your people in your top five the more or more you spill with that the more more good habits you're gonna pick up from those people that's great. That's great. Okay. Let's now the question is if you could snap your finger, go back in time, tell your younger self three things. It could be three lessons, three anything. What would it be? Good question. First would be I would tell my younger self to master time management. So you can master your time management and, and, and kind of use time in your favor, you'll be ahead of the curve. The next one would be kind of like the one we touched on earlier. Maybe the comparisons that the joy. Don't compare yourself. Don't get caught up in that. Don't beat yourself up because you're not where you think you should be or not where you or someone else is. Just continue to work at your craft. And then the last one would be to create a savings plan. So that's what I would say. I would say starting investing early. Um, it's one of the things I try to pass on to my associate Austin. He is in the young 20s. And I didn't start early enough, in my opinion. You know, I started, but if I could go back in time, I would say start first full savings, no matter how minimal it is, to learn to get the habit of that, because you'll thank yourself in the long run. 
That's great. Thank you. So first would be time management. Don't compare yourself with anyone else but yourself. Right. Third would be invest early and save more. Correct. Bingo. Yeah. That's exactly. And are there any interesting projects that you're working on currently? Not at the moment, just that, you know, I'm really like, I'm trying to build that YouTube page. It doesn't take a while. So that's the kind of that, what I'm focusing on this year outside of, you know, continuing to sort of our database and grow our database. That's another avenue that I'm trying to do is build a successful YouTube channel that is informative, right? And, and people can turn to you for real estate updates in the Vancouver and the Fraser Valley. So that's kind of a project, you know, it, it does take some time between Developing content, editing content, and getting launched. That's kind of a small project in itself. So that would be it. Oh, the interesting project. Yeah, I see the videos are really informative. You guys should definitely check it out. All the links will be in the description below. And any inspiring quote you would like to share? I think I shared that one with you, the, the Tim Rover one, right? Yeah. So the closest one goes high. Yeah, just wait till you get the bill for regret. That's great. So if you think the cost of winning is high, just wait until you get the bill of regret by Tim Grover. Mm -hmm. Is this from the book Relentless? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's good. It resonates with me because there's days that we don't want to do certain things. Right. But I think at the end of the day, you're always going to have a stronger regret if you don't move forward and try to get it done. than if you just don't. If that makes sense, right? Like who's older than me that I've ever met is a time flies. So like make sure you use it wisely. And I, that's so that's kind of what I try to have as my mantra and then move the needle forward, be healthy as much as I can every day, be there for my family and work hard and try to build a foundation for my family that I can pass on. And they're taken care of essentially and they have opportunities. So I need my family to have opportunities and memories and experiences. That's great. And coming back to that, if the amount of time everyone has is fixed and time management is really important. Uh, what would be some of the lessons you have learned along the way? Anything tactical that anyone could implement right away? I'm still learning, man, to, from being honest with you. I really am. It's not one of my greatest strengths and that's why I brought it up, just to be honest, right? And it's just one of those things I think if you can master it, you're good. But it's always about building your day. Some people struggle with having a calendar and like by walking and et cetera. That's why I will have that. But for the most part, usually what I'll do is as far as time management or task management goes, I will the night before write out my tasks, right? And then so let's say there's 10. I'll kind of number them one to 10, which ones are most important. And I'll, you know, I'll focus on Monday, I'll focus on my top five. And then Monday, you're going to get more tasks, right? Something, something email, something's going to come up. So then Monday night, I'm doing my Tuesday and now I might have nine tasks and I'll continue to number those. And then if I can't get all five done, I get four of those down, I'll push them to the next day. And I'm always making sure I number my tasks. So what's the most important? That's going to move the team, move my family, move myself forward for our end result or our goals. And that's kind of what I would say. If you're not good at time blocking and you have a challenge with that, then just create your daily task list and have her off the top five. And that's from Eddie Frisella. He has a pretty good podcast as well, but has some useful tips. That's great. And I think the key takeaway here is preparing the night before. Because once I started doing that, it really made a difference because morning I know what I'm doing rather than me waking up in the morning and looking at a blank page and going, oh, what should I do now? 
Yeah, you know? exactly. So I'll tell you do that right before bed or after I get my kids to bed and just kind of say, where, wait, where am I going tomorrow, right? What do I need to do today? What do I need to do tomorrow? Yeah, that's great. What would be your top three great daily frustrations? One more time, sorry? What would be your top three daily frustrations? Daily frustrations? Interesting. I don't think I have many daily frustrations. I think sometimes I have challenges. The challenges would be again coming to fitting enough stuff and balancing my schedule to make sure I, I get things done I want to do. So that would sometimes I get frustrated myself by not building my day out properly. That's why I said it's still important to master that time magic. So I'm still trying to do it at 40 and I wish I would have started minus 20. So I had a bit of a head start. So I would say that would be about it, right? Just managing the day properly. I don't have daily frustrations. I'm pretty lucky to live in life. I do. We live in a beautiful city. Got like pretty beautiful like two two young girls and my wife and my life i'm very lucky to have that stuff so yeah i think it's just trying to get trying to get a lot done and trying to sit back and realize i don't have to do 10 tasks in a day go back to the five get your five done right and just focusing on that and stay in the course that's great thank you thank you so much for taking the time to do this before we go where can the audience reach you you can you can find me on my instagram and i think you'll put the link there on youtube you can email me at daviddavemason.ca if you want to have a discovery call, talk about the market. If you're a new agent and you're just looking for some advice, you can reach out to me as well. My phone is always on. I'm happy to share that because that's something I didn't quite have when I started and I know how important it is and I'm happy to share. The tools and the resources and the coaching and the books that help me move forward. Like I'm more than happy to do that. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing that, David. Hey guys, all the links will be in the description below. If you have any questions, any thoughts, comments, feel free to reach out to David and his team. They will definitely help you out. And before we go, I have one more question. I believe this could help a lot of uh, viewers is what would be something you would tell first time home buyers at this point in the market? Like, is there any suggestions or recommendations? I think the best thing for people to do are first-time home buyers right now is look at your long-term goals. Keep that long-term mind perspective going on. Obviously, you have to get your numbers in order, get pre-approved, but take a lot of things into consideration in the next five years because things can change. So whether your location, don't, don't make any sacrifices right now because it is a ballot slash buyer's market. So don't be taking any sooner. But look at your top five. Make sure that you have everything that you need in that house and that will last you for the next five to eight years, especially for the first-time home buyers. That's typically how long they stay in there. And enjoy the journey because it's fun. I mean, no, no, it can be stressful, but enjoy the journey and, and make sure you get yourself in a home that you're going to love. That's great. Thank you, David. And uh, thank you so much. Really appreciate you taking the time. And the last question from my side would be, is there anyone else you think would be a good fit for bringing on the podcast? I would look at financial advisors. There's a lot of good financial advisors out there. Cooperation, Rose, Tenniels is a guy that I talk to a lot. And I would suggest maybe talking to them because right now, you know, we're kind of headed in that recession, light recession period. And I think it's people are learning how to manage their money and realize that we can get out of this. It's not going to be too crazy. And what are the tools and resources that you can plan to make sure that you're set up for success? That's great. Thank you so much, David. Really appreciate you taking no over. And All have right. a good day.